Welcome to another episode of Scratch Quest. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Gleason. With me, I've got my two boys, Johnny and Joe. What's up, fellas? Yeah. What's up? What's up? What's up, Gleason? What's up, J-Train? Yo. What's up, bro? So episode one, I mentioned that we were going to explain Scratch Quest a little deeper. And I also mentioned that we go way back, um, but we really do. I mean, I, we've the three of us have known each other since we were... 10 we little lads we, yeah <laughs> so as far back as as i can literally remember i have memories of you two turds <laughs> yep <laughs> way back back to the yeah. uh back to the murphy candler days little league baseball man all-star all-star team 1993, 94, 95, 96. I, I'll be honest with you. I think one of the best stories I've ever heard was the the speech that Andrew gave at Johnny's wedding. And I, I think it, it deserves a spot on the show. What? How, you, Andrew, you remember Dan Marino's story. Oh. Oh, the first time Johnny and I met? It's got It's got to be told. <laughs> it has to be documented in history and podcast. Well, Johnny and I were both uh, attending a new school our first day of fourth grade. So we we're both, you know, he had just moved, we had moved, and it was our first day at a new school. And he, he was wearing a Dan Marino jersey, and we like hit it off, I guess, probably because we were playing PE or throwing the football or something. And I was like, you know, is, is that your favorite player? And he goes, no my middle name's Marino and my uncle is Dan Marino <laughs> and me being like, I don't know, 10, 11, whatever, fourth grade. I'm like, Oh, hey, your, your uncle's Dan Marino. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Why, why do you think I have Marino on my back? And I'm like, okay. So I just like rolled with it. That went on for, I don't know, a, a, a year or two. And then like, I, I never asked him about it again, but just randomly it came up. He goes, hey, you know my middle name is not really Marino, and I'm not related to Dan, right? And I was like, <laughs> this whole time? The guilt got to me, man. I had to come clean. <laughs> <laughs> Another really quick funny story was we used, to, we used to tear up morning PE. Like, you could come early, and our PE teacher would come for the first hour before school even started, and he'd let us play kind of whatever. Well, we were wearing umbros and and playing in the freezing cold rain and we were playing two hand touch football or something and i like juke johnny and and he said he got me and i said he didn't we started getting into a, a a you know verbal match and then it turned into pushing and then johnny just reels back and decks me right across the face <laughs> what, how old was it i think we were in like sixth grade it was still elementary school for sure Impressive. 
and he he decks me right across the. I mean, it was pretty clean. I mean, I did. It, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't knock me over. But it was like out of a like a kung fu movie where I like checked my lip and then I looked to see if there's blood. <laughs> then I just with like laser eyes just looked straight through his soul, and he <laughs> he instantly started crying. He's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> man. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of how it went. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, I think Johnny, you'll yeah. you'll love this one. This this pretty much r- describes Andrew through his entire high school career. But I don't know who we lost to. I think we we lost a high school baseball game to Shambly. and oh, yeah. we oh, had to drive geez. back. It was and we just you can't lose to Shambly. I don't even think they were in our division. It was just one of those teams that they wanted to beat us so bad. We wanted to beat them and we lost. We played, we played pretty bad. Uh, and this has nothing to do with golf, but baseball. So sorry, <laughs> but coach makes us drive back to the field and we have to practice after a game. Cause we were so bad. And I think we dropped like, I don't know, like five or six pot flies. Like it was just brutal. Like for whatever reason, nobody in our team could catch a pot fly. It was crazy. It's like the easiest thing to do. Somebody drops a pop fly, and Andrew's standing in right field and takes his glove and literally throws it like 150 yards and just loses his mind. Just absolutely lost it. And he throws it and he says, He goes, We fucking suck. (laughs) And I think, I think coach called practice after that and was like, All right, I think we're good. I think we got what we needed out of this. Yeah, oh, I I think is, we we could probably fill up four hours full of just yeah that could stories, be a, so. a separate podcast. But Joe, the Scratch Quest, the idea initially came from you. Tell everybody where kind of how that sparked, and then then we can explain how we even have a podcast named after it. Yeah, so so March sixteenth of last year was you know when when my company sent everybody home so. We're, we're coming up on a year now of, uh, you know, working from home and, you know, my wife and I live in Decatur. Uh, we're actually two or three blocks away from East Lake Golf Course. Not a member, but I played it one time. Irrelevant, but. Uh, you can look at it a lot. Yeah, I, I drive by it and uh, actually. Look cool. through the fence holes. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> We got furloughed for you know like a week at a time it wasn't like a a permanent layoff it was just you know business was down i mean everything in march and april was really slow a lot of businesses were struggling a lot of people lost their jobs but my company uh you know decided to like furlough people there was i I don't know what the reasoning was behind it but uh it was like you can't answer your email you can't you know look at your phone and i was like but I got to come back to work the following week and continue to get paid. They're like, yeah. I was like, so you're giving me a week off. I can't look at anything. They're like, yeah. I said, you got it, man. So <laughs> you I twist my arm. I guess. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yes. yeah. I don't know. And at the time we had, uh, we had some help with the kids. So we had two young kids and my wife was working from home. So I decided I was like, I'm going to line up as many golf games as I can in five days. So I think I got in, the first week I got in like seven rounds in five days and I was like texting all my buddies and trying to line up games. And the first day I went out and shot like a 90 or something. And then, uh, Andrew went up and played governors. I shot an 83 was pretty good. And then 
I think on Wednesday I went and played two rounds at Mirror Lake and was just awful. And I was like, man, how like the swings and the, you know, how you can hit a good shot and then the next day you have it's like you never touched the golf club before. I saw, I, I played a whole week of just like with all my buddies and I think I think I beat a couple guys and lost a bunch of rounds and I was like, man, I am just so tired of just sucking at golf, man. It's some it's fun. We've been playing for a couple of years now and I never really you know, outside of a few lessons or picking up tips from your buddies, never really uh took it seriously. So this year I was like, man, I got doesn't look like this thing's gonna end anytime soon and I got a lot of time at home. So uh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go for it, man. I'm I'm going for it. So that that kind of went on for a couple of weeks and I took a bunch of lessons and got really good this summer. I mean moderately good I would say better than I was and then I don't know what was it like two months ago you guys are like texting me it's cold I haven't played golf in a couple weeks and then Andrew just sends me this logo I was like dude this is awesome what is this he's like hey man we're gonna do a podcast called scratch <laughs> I was like, you guys are messing with me come on man and, nope, uh, we're dead serious man nope, it, we're, we're two episodes in now we're two episodes in the three of us are all kind of on the same time frame like we're i'd say johnny's probably got uh, johnny's got us beat and then joe's probably a couple strokes better than me but we're all mindset wise like not being really good at golf really sucks ass <laughs> and i'm over it frustrating there's nothing worse dude and yeah i don't know how much you guys do this now but you know like sales and like part of our or at least my yeah. job and getting out and mixing it up with people. Golf is one of those things you always go to for sure. And if I'm not just whooping everybody's ass, I'm a little pissed about it. Honestly, it, it just rubs me wrong. I, yeah. I want to win at it. And, and, and honestly, you know, if you're going to spend, you know, four to five to six hours you know, away from family and put the money into it and the time, like, it's not worth it to just go out there and be awful. I mean, it, it's fun to go out there and have, you know, mess around, you know, around where you just, you know, drink a couple of beers and play. That's cool every once in a while. Fun, and then like, that gets old. Yeah. Like we're competitive, man. We like, we, you know, if I play like, I'm like, Oh man, that's, that's a great shot. Like I'm about to destroy you. That's what's going yeah. through my head. You know, like I, I want to beat everybody. So where do you guys feel like you're at in your game? And Johnny, I know it's a little bit different to you and we're, we're in the middle of winter. Um, but like big picture 30,000 foot view like where where do you think you can take it in the next 6 to 12 months tour here we go <laughs> i like the confidence man there you go God, you, the, is that the, uh, is that the, is that the uh, simulator tour that you guys got out there where you just give you those yeah, you know um, for so my buddy said that uh they're doing a league so I'm thinking about signing up for that league. That's keep, pretty cool. Uh, keep it going. Yeah. I mean, while it's still cold, anytime you can put a golf club in your hand and swing and do it competitively, I mean, there's definitely some benefits to that. Yeah. Even though, it, you know what it does? I think that it mentally psychs me out and I think I'm a better golfer than I am. And I bring that attitude to the course and it's that think therefore I am. And then you just play a little bit better. Maybe we got to start mind fucking ourselves to get into uh, the right <laughs> mindset. It's kind of like when, when it's wet and they make you warm up off the mats and you hit everything clean and then you go to the course and you're like, Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm definitely, you know what though? I, it today. I like, I like a good mat day right before they open up the grass. Cause they don't open up grass at the, you know, the range by my house. 
until Thursday. So, Johnny, you might want to mute your uh, headset for this, but it was 72 degrees and sunny today, and it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. So I, I actually, you know, got the kids down for a nap and then, uh, you know, rushed off to the driving range to go hit a bucket of balls real quick and not gonna lie it, it wasn't bad it wasn't terrible uh you know i've been i try to hit even what's when like your swing thought you're working on right now man today i'm like you know reverting back to like you know mid-season form where i'm like oh, okay let me just you know work this a little bit right to left and it's just not there i'm just trying to it, it's still it's moving a little bit right today so i'm over the top just a little bit so it's really just making good contact. I'm not even thinking about yardages right now just because it's, you know, driving it's preseason. Ball. Yeah, it sucks. So it's just making good contact, kind of like if I can work on a few things. Yeah, I probably spend the club a, face. yeah I, spend, I spend a lot of time, like, just, like, thinking about breaking the swing down, right? Like, I'll hit a few punch shots, like, just kind of work on my chest getting through the ball and then, you know, kind of pause in my backswing just to make sure I can see where my – and then, you know – uh, what's funny is like two years ago, I'd go out, hit about, you know, four pitching wedges, grab my driver and bang about 75 of those out. Now it's like, you know, I hit <laughs> you barely hit a driver. Yeah. But now it's like, you know, I, I barely spend any time on it. It's like, there's so much more to the game. What do you get? What are you working on, Andrew? Uh, so I started taking lessons again. Um, ben mentioned uh, Seth, a guy that he used to coach. Uh, I think he was talking about like the putting lesson or whatever that he learned from Seth's. But anyway, Seth is teaching at the same place that Ben was. And Seth follows. So Seth has actually flown out to California. I don't know if you guys follow George Gankus or you've seen his stuff, but he's got a bunch, a couple guys on tour and he's got a bunch of guys that are coming up. Um, mm-hmm. he's got Matt Wolf is one of his guys. <clears throat> he's got that, um, who's that little Indian dude, that scrawny yeah, Indian Ash, dude. It, it, it's lefty dude. That guy hits fucking bombs. Types it. He That's one it. of his guys. So that guy, I think his name is like Akshay or a- Akshay yeah. or something. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, it's something he like started, that. he started training with Genkis when he was like eight and Genkis was like 20 bucks a lesson. And now He's been training with him this whole time, but Genkis is like eight hundred dollars a lesson. Sheesh. And that's, that's uh, yeah, a lot. It's absurd. Yeah, Akshay Batia. Yeah, he was the one who eighteen uh, of eighteen greens 18 at uh, Pebble. Yeah, it was like Friday. I think he did that. What did he say he's, in that Instagram video you sent? And the guy, the guy walks up. He's driving like a Bentley. He's like, "Hey, sorry. what do you do?" It's like I sink putts and hit bombs or something like that. Like, yeah, action sink putts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right. <laughs> Obviously you do. Yeah. Um, but back so back to my swing to answer your question, Johnny. So like I've back been to following, Andrew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's, that guy's cool and all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've been following this and Seth has been explaining all this stuff for a while. Like Seth and I, I'll send him my, you know, I'm hit, I have a batting cage and lights and I'll go hit in the back of that and send him some stuff. And my biggest thing right now is that I think from my baseball swing is I tend to, you know, without getting super technical, I'll tend to like, when I clear my hips, I'll come up and out of my swing and my upper body comes with it instead of like, my lower Stay body down through the ball. 
yeah, my lower body clearing and making a path for my hands and my hands getting into like Seth and they call it like right bend. Um, yep. and so that's kind of been my focus is like you said, Joe, like feeling like I'm hitting the ball with my chest and turning through the swing rather than coming up and out and just flipping my hands. through. So it's like back. staying in your posture and rotating is kind of what you're focusing on. Yeah. 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 In, in using the ground the right way. Cause like, you know, as much as I know about the baseball swing and how you use the ground that way, like there's, it's weird how there's so many similarities with the golf and baseball swing that at the same time, there's, there's just as many differences between the two. Yeah. So <laughs> it's really interesting just trying to, um, correlate the two, but yeah, I'd say that's at least swing wise. That's what I'm working on. And then like Ben mentioned, short game stuff's always, uh, crutch for me. So I've been working on that a lot, my putting stroke and I've done the metronome thing. And I, I really like that. Um, it's a good reference point to, to have some rhythm in your putting stroke. Yeah. So nice. That's yeah. it. That's all what, you're working on. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, putting, chipping, irons, driver, three wood. I, I think we need to set some realistic goals. This is a perfect opportunity here. Second podcast, beginning of the golf season. Let's set some goals between each other that we can hold each other accountable to. I don't know, whatever you want it to be, like break 80 or, you know, no three putts in a round. I don't know, something like that. We need to start brainstorming on that and and uh, start tracking call. that shit. And we can, we can yeah, as, yeah, as we- We can have check-ins on other episodes or something. Ooh. Yeah, and follow up on on who who's what accountability, man. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the, the is, first uh, one for me this year this is like is an AA group for golf. Yeah, my, my <laughs> this year is definitely breaking. We're all addicted to golf. My name is Johnny, and I'm a bogey golfer. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Johnny. Hi. Yeah, breaking eighty. I'm with you, Joe. Because like when I'm playing good, I'm still like leaving shots on the table, and I'm shooting yep. eighty two. Yep. And yeah, historically we'd be ecstatic walking away with an eighty two. But when you do it like you know fifteen times, I did. I probably shot an eighty two fifteen to twenty times last year, and I was just like, good grief! And you just look back at those shots. But yeah, <clears throat> one's definitely breaking eighty this year. Yeah. It's obtainable. I, I I feel it. So are we should we do like three goals that we're all setting for each other and like have a race to get all three of the goals complete? Ooh. I mean the ultimate goal is who can be scratched first, but that's going to be a long I mean, standing goal. <laughs> yeah, that's why we have this podcast cuz it's going to be around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like uh like Dude, you never know though. Like one day you might just black out and just throw <laughs> up a number and be like, whoa, what just happened? But it doesn't necessarily mean you're scratched. I mean, your handicap has to be a zero or a oh. plus one to be a scratch golfer. You can't just shoot 82 all week and then you just black out, shoot a 69. You're like, well, I did it. Yeah, you know? yeah game of show's over. Not that that would ever happen, but you never know. <clears throat> Andrew, right. give me one. give me one this year that we can track. Throughout the history um, in the archives of Scratch Quest. I think 
Man, Johnny said, you know, he texted us. He went and played, you know, the simulator thing and shot a 69, but the, the simulator is all automatically set to give you every putt within seven feet, I guess, yeah. to, to speed it all up, right? Yeah, yeah. So, John, yeah, your point was, like, look at how many strokes that is just right there. Like, we could be consistently in the mid, you know, maybe mid-high 70s if we cut down those strokes. So, stuff like... Just make a putt. Yeah. Maybe I mean, every putt within six or, feet. Or track your number of putts per round. I mean, I think that's a good one, right? If Keep your number of putts per round is yeah. going down, then I mean you're What's trending. You're, yeah, you're definitely onto something. I mean, if you're hitting you know, forty putts around, we got we got some issues. That's you something that I used to number. do. You know how you have like your upper box on your scorecard and then you have those lower three boxes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do a F, a P, and or a G and a P, and do fairways, greens, and putts. And like, if I hit a fairway, I'd do a check or an X, and I would track that stuff. We could start doing that. I we need to. It, it's tough because sometimes you get so frustrated, like you bogey a hole, and you're just like, I'm not tracking this crap anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think we need to all buy Arcos. What's that? Ooh, that's Have the thing that goes in your the the butt so, end of your clubs. Yeah. Shout out Arcos, uh, new sponsor for the show. Yeah, but, there you go. Um, so yeah, you put the uh, the GPS tracking thing into the butt of the club. It knows what club has which tracker in there. You wear this little clip on your belt. Uh, very very minimal. You don't have to carry your phone around with you. That was the like the previous version. But you touch it to that part of your belt. It used uses GPS tracking, so it tracks the distance from your first shot. So it knows you hit driver off the tee. Then it says, okay, you're hitting a seven iron from this spot. So that means your drive went 300 yards here and your seven iron is starting here and we'll see where it ends up. And it tracks your entire round, greens, putts, fairways, uh, yardages with clubs, every single thing. Uh, There's a lot of different metrics that it actually spits out and they've upgraded it recently. I I didn't realize it went that deep. But dude, it's it's supposed ass. to be incredible. Like a couple, I think it's like three fifty. So it's yeah, not I'm gonna cheap. hold out till they sponsor the show and send me one for free. So <laughs> well, I'm just I'll, saying, I'll push it. I will push that product on every one of our listeners, all eighteen of them. Okay, come on, Arcos. It sounds cool. It, it's it seems pretty cool. My buddy who got it, he said that it was crazy. Where it was telling him he needed a practice you know, the areas that were weak in his game, they were totally different from what he thought he needed to practice. What was, what were the, what, what was he practicing and what was the, uh, you know, we'll have to have him on the show. He's a good guest because he's just a average Joe golfer. I like, I like that cliffhangers. Yeah. Yeah. Let's save it for a later day. But, uh, this says it's one eighty. That's, that's a oh, little more. That's yeah, Mobeto. What's our, what's, like, the show's, like, what's our budget on the show? Don't we have some budget here? Uh, right right now we're in the red. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, in the more followers. Hit subscribe if you haven't already, people. We need to sell that sweatshirt. I know. I got to find like a decent print of it, though. The one I was kind of pissed, but um, I like that idea, though, man. Um. And then we could so, compare compare metrics. We could, I mean, to your point, Joe, like you could see where a lot of stuff's trending. 
I I liked it. It would tell you. I mean, if we, it would just at least tell you, you know, hey, your, you know, your, your one, your yardages, like your true yardages, because uh, you always think you hit it a certain number, and then without being on a track man or you know machine, which I never get around. That's that's interesting because, you know, I got some new clubs. I think we talked about it last episode, but, uh, it like they just you get new stuff and it just sometimes you hit it good and it goes 20 yards past what you're used to. I mean, it just, yeah. And some of that's the swing, probably most of it's a swing, but some of it's just, you know, ball or temperature or lay or whatever. And I mean, that's all stuff that we're learning, but yeah. Johnny, what the, yeah, what, what's one of your, what's one of your goals this year? Um, dude, my biggest goal I think is mental this year. I want to, there's two, there's two parts to this. So my theory, my theory is in order to go low, you need to operate with a negative gaff. And that means give a fuck factor. Okay. Your give a fuck needs to be negative. You just have zero fucks. I'm putting this ball on the green. You're not thinking about it. You're not getting nervous over shots. You're not worrying about that trap or the water or any of that shit. And um, so basically staying out of your head and operating at a negative gaff. The second part of that is, I think I might've said this in episode one, but I went back and tried to find a bunch of shots of me hitting golf balls. (laughs) And I went through my wife's phone because she plays with me a lot and it was like every shot I would nice takeaway, clean follow through. looks like a good shot. And I would just go click. Oh man. And then <laughs> or, boom. Oh geez. And like oh boy. left, left, like just talking to my ball immediately. Yeah. And so it just, it seems like a lot of negative energy is uh, floating around in there and just getting rid of it. Have you ever, have you ever listened to Phil Mickelson talk about like his, state of zen and being in like the art of zen no where it's just like it doesn't matter what's going on or what you just did it's all about like all right right now this is what i'm doing this is this is what i'm gonna do and this is how it's just like silo like every single shot or situation is just in a silo so it doesn't matter if you hit a bad shot it's like well maybe it's a good lot it's not like being optimistic it's just like just go up there and see what it looks like and then make the next shot you know i mean yeah. yeah It's just, but, but like being able to let go of like, as soon as you hit that shot, it's over. You can't do anything else, you know, make a yeah. little mental note about maybe there's something I need to fix there, but just walk up to the next shot and hit the next one. And it's this kind of all, yeah, it is. And it kind of all spun or spawned from this little article that I read. And it was like this guy, he like really broke it down. And he was like the majority of golfers after every shot, there's a, they negatively reinforce themselves, whether or not the results of the shot are that bad or that good. There's a negative reinforcement where you're pissed after you hit every shot, but then you never even celebrate your good shots. You're like, That's cause exactly you expected what I was to say. Like after a round, you think about, oh, I left, you know, this shot, this was a bad shot. That was a bad shot. But it's like, dude, think about all the good shots you just hit today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're not yeah. really, you're not really taking like you're not acknowledging like, dude. I just I piped that one. I stuck that one close. I drained a you know ten footer. So, yeah, and yeah. it's like you you ripped one down the fairway. It's in the short stuff, and you're like, ah, it's you're just not like 
pleased with it sometimes. You're like, oh, I should have been on the other side of the fairway, you know, coming into this pin at this angle or some shit. You always find something wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless it goes so, in the hole, you're like, oh, it could have been better. Exactly. Yeah. And golf is the game of misses. So it's the quality of the miss. I think Dude. too, for like where I'm at, um, kind of on that note, like approach shots, you know, I tend to like laser focus on the flag and, and what the number is to the flag where I almost need to play like there's no flag and just try and hit it in the middle of the green and be putting on my next shot. A lot right. of people say if you like go play around a golf and if someone ran up there and took the pin out and you literally just played to the middle of the green, how much better you would play. And I've tried to go to a golf course and do that. And I just mentally cannot commit. I'm like, nope, pins on the left. I'm going right for it. <laughs> I can't do it. So yeah. You know what I, I started doing is I only, I mean, I look at the pin number, so I don't want to go way past, but the most important number to me is that, um, front edge. What's the front edge? What's my carry to that front number so that no matter what I'm on the green and you know, if I'm in between clubs or something, or I have to really juice it, I'll just lay off and just try to get on the green. Yeah. That, that helps me out sometimes. I like that. What's Good the, stuff. what's the one, Andrew, what's the, what do you think you took away from most from Ben on the uh, episode one? I mean, I played with Ben so much that I know like we were talking earlier, like being around him and just the amount of, you know, there's, there's a million shots that you could have for every single situation. And I mean, he didn't get into this, but just being around him, um, that's what kind of sticks with me when I think about Ben is just like his just mass wealth of knowledge. Like, you know, you could play a bump and run or you could, you could, you know, fly it to the hole and let it bounce twice and land soft. And just how to, it's funny how different people see different shots. Right. And a lot of times what he uses is just like the power of reason. Like, you know, for where we're at, we're not trying to flop it in there and land it two inches. He's like, you know, play an easy bump and run uses, you know, eight, nine wedge. It's not going to dig and, and kind of like what we're talking about. You're going to be on the green putting on your next stroke. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people in our situation, you, know, you get up there and you're like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use my 60 and then flop you, it within two yeah. feet. Yeah. And then you just duff it or, you know, I mean, that's yeah, Yeah. Either one. That's like the most frustrating thing. And then that, that negatively impacts you and that's hard to immediately let go. And it just kind of snowballs. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, man, Ben's, uh, pretty pretty good uh soundboard and to try and keep you level-headed and, and especially one of the things he always says like you're gonna hit a bad shot it is a game of misses like sometimes you gotta take your medicine and just like chip back into the fairway and then play the next shot instead of like oh well i'm gonna take this next shot and punch it through these two trees that are two feet apart yeah there's a two-foot hole i'm going for that right there yeah and then all of a sudden it's pinball <laughs> and you're back in the woods again Yep. uh I mean, he did say, look, guys, it's not that hard, right? Just go for it. He did say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying really hard not to bring up a lot of really good things that that, that our next guest said. Oh, yeah. But due to some technical difficulties that uh, we were having, we're going to have to re- re- redo that. That yeah, is, we, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah. You got a mouse in your pocket? Yeah. 
that was my bad. So we were on we were, we were on like a three minute delay. So I would say something, and I would just look at you guys on camera, like, "Do you guys not hear me? Or what's going on?" And it was just, dude, disgusting. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. I, yes. dude, I, at the end of the day, I think we ended up doing a Zoom call, and we had a good, we had a really good conversation. I had a, we, you know, it extended my drinking hours for the, you know, I had a couple of drinks, and then the night kept carrying on. And, uh, it was very insightful for sure. Yeah. We're going to have him. We're going to have him back, man. He's one of my favorite guys to play golf with. Uh, very nice. Plus, plus two handicap. Plus two. And he's just, he, you know, he, he was, a, he's a guy like us, you know, baseball guy. Uh, and then, yeah, was never really interested years, in golf. Turned it around. Yeah, he was 25, decided he wanted to attempt Scratch Quest, and he did it. He is the godfather of Scratch Quest. He really is. Yeah, we've got Ben, the resident pro. We've got Crane, the godfather of Scratch Quest. We've got, we've got some people to talk to. I mean, we've got some guys that I'm getting really tired of beating me, and then when I beat him, I'm going to have him on the show. That's <laughs> so. Like, so what happened on Saturday, man? You know, I was a you know plus. I was a I was a nine, and you know. You gave me a couple strokes, and I just dropped you off. What happened? <laughs> I like the, it, man. Where's Andrew? Do you have a registered handicap yet? No, I'm planning on doing that. Yeah, well, that your membership at Governors they should they should be included. You yeah, gotta pay for it, but just I, all you have to do is register it. I mean, just yeah, just log your scores. Batter. It doesn't even matter if they're bad. Just put them up there. Hey, speaking of memberships, fellas. The grind has started. It's probably the worst time ever in my life. But next weekend, I'm flying to Phoenix AZ to Ooh. play in the member guest tourney with my father-in-law at Campbellback Golf Club. And when's the last hey. time you uh, swung a golf club? Well, uh, yeah, I did Saturday. or I went Friday and Sunday. And uh, I was going to go today, but work got in the way. Playing a couple yeah. practice rounds before – it starts or no I, oh yeah on uh thursday we just have like intros and then like the swag day it's the fucking best dude you walk into this room and it's just you have x amount of dollars that they give you um like tailor-made like money and stuff no it's like gear and golf balls and I cool tailor-made backpacks awesome. and like and uh yeah last year dude i i got this like sweet tailor-made backpack and about 10 boxes of balls. I was like, I'm just going to rack up on balls. So, nice. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. Man. When they just drop a whole bunch of good stuff on you and you're just like, yes. Yeah. It's, they it's fucking like a plastic sweet. cup and a ball marker. You're like, Hey, th thanks. Man. Yeah. <laughs> thanks a lot guys. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get another, uh, another solid practice session. And then, you know, probably nine on that Thursday, at least you got any, um, uh, any other big uh, games or matches or anything set up this year? So later this year, we kind of talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it in the last episode, but we got our YO trip that we got to map out. Yeah. September, um, right? Yep. What is that place called? The Devil's Tower? Devil's Tower. Yeah. Yeah. It's badass. It is. Um, but yeah, I mean, no other big tourneys that, you know, I just no. signed up for a uh, individual head-to-head -head tournament starting in two weeks. So every nice. week you have to play against another member, and they flight it. So I'll be playing against guys around my handicap, and yeah, 
I think right now I'm a nine, so I'll probably be playing guys from like seven to nine, and then I think at ten it goes. So I'll, I'll be one of the worst guys. I don't know, but but it's head to head, so you know you got to beat one guy, and it's a it's match play, so it's not you know scores. It's just you know, dude, what, just you intimidate know. the fuck out of these guys. Just go oh, up there, dude. big balls, First hit bombs. I'm gonna literally swing it as hard as I'm gonna purposely lose the first hole so the guy takes a break. Just just relax. He's just gonna be like, all right, this guy sucks. Next hole, just just Throwing I'm just gonna darts. bomb. It. I'm just gonna bomb it. Here you go. Dude, you know what else you should do? Another mind game that I like to play is I'll give you basically any putt on the front nine, but any reasonable putt, anything that's questionable, I'll give it to you. But on the back nine, I'm not giving you a fucking thing. And they start. <laughs> They start looking at you because it's a putt that you've been giving them all day, and they look at you, and you're like, "No, putt that." Nope. And they're like, "What?" Well, dude, and they're the best all pissed. They miss putts, it. The best thing about giving putts early is that guys don't get to practice. Like, and that's the rule, man. Like, if if somebody says you're good, you got to pick that thing up. If you putt it and you miss it, then. But that's one of the big things. You give putts away, and you, you're taking away like a stroke from a guy, right? He doesn't get to you know feel the club and hit the ball and you know see what the ball's doing on the green. So I, I like that. Little mental games. Everything on the front, nothing on the back. So, so if we play, um, um, I'll be honest with you. If I'm playing against you guys anytime this year, I you think gotta we put everything out. out. You got to yeah, put everything out. Yeah, if we play, we have to for sure. We're going full on. We're gonna back the whole course up. Everybody's gonna be waiting on us. We're going full on tour <laughs> status. <laughs> Looking at the putt from both angles, walking around. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> man i can't wait cool. to play golf i haven't played around of golf Andrew, when was the last time we played it was january a month? Yeah, yeah it's been a month that's brutal january and february i wish i could just hibernate and go to sleep for two months because they're pretty pointless i mean <laughs> it's cold there's nothing to do outside of the super bowl and some bowl games early january there's not a whole lot going on you got a couple golf tournaments on the West Coast, but anyway. All right. Let's Should we drop it. the bomb? Yeah. A little, uh, I don't know how you call this, without three-way gauntlet. Uh, we got to come up with a better name than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you figure it out, we can edit it back in there. All right. Uh- <laughs> I'm going to hit, how about this? I'll hit Johnny with the first question. Okay. All right. Let's say you're on a par five, but you can only use one club out of your bag. The whole hole. What are you using? Ooh. Um, man, let me think about this. I believe the rules were rapid fire. Tick. Tuck. I'd probably use like a four iron. Um, I'd be just fucked around the greens or in a bunker, but <laughs> I just, I'd bet on myself to miss those. <laughs> yeah, all right. And it's good. It's a nice little flat stick for putting. So it helps me yeah. out a little bit on the green. One club, you're going four iron. Yeah. What are you doing? For an entire round? No, for one hole on a par oh, five. A one hole on a par five? Yeah. Yeah, where were you? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of a question. <laughs> uh, 
par five, one club, seven iron. Yeah, that was seven was my first thought. I think I'd say six just with a little bit more distance, but. Yeah, right, that's probably smarter. I like the seven. <laughs> Let's go that. You jackass. All right, I got one. Um, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot it over to Joe. All right. So here, I'm going to throw it back to that first story you guys broke out. I'm online shopping, looking for head covers. I found a Dan Marino head cover. Oh. And I think I'm going to buy it. It's, and it's going to be my, I'm going to put it on with three wood. So a little Dan Marino three wood action, just throwing right. lasers out there. All right. But so Joe, question. Anything, so, well, just he's in the Hall of Fame, bro. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, what's the coolest head cover that you have or that you have seen or want? Well, I did sack up and I can't remember what I got out with. Maybe it was Rawhide Golf. Pretty cool leather headsets, but it's like a like it's a like baseball the, glove leather. No, and I, and I I I I want I'm thinking about doing this one, but it's kind of hard for me to part ways. But to, to the one that I have, it's a uh, like the front of a bomber. It's got like you know the teeth, like it looks like the front. Oh, yeah, of the that's pretty cool one. So it's like for your my, driver. Yeah, my golf bag's green. I mean, my golf bag's gray, so it kind of looks like a jet. And then the green head cover looks like you know the front of like a missile or something. Uh, so would your walkout song be Top Gun theme? No, it would probably be Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um, but this guy makes I, – I saw him on Instagram, and he cuts up, like, old baseball gloves and turns them into head covers, and I was like, that's tight. And the night yeah. I – that the night I DM'd him, uh, sorry if you're listening to the show, man, but I was I had a few, and I was like, hey, man, I got two old catcher's mitts. This would be awesome. And he was like, yeah, man, send them out. We'll chop them up. And then I started thinking about digging my catcher's mitts out and cutting them up, and I was like, I don't know if I can do that to my guantes, man. <laughs> uh, those things have been through some things, and it would be cool to hand them down to my kids. And I was like, well, you know, I could always get new gloves. But anyway, it seems like a cool idea until someone wants to cut your glove in half. And Yeah. I'm like, I've seen hmm. some others that they actually provide the leather, so you don't have to uh, send them something. You know, yeah, it's just a random baseball stuff. glove. So I'm, well, I'm It looks stuck. like a baseball glove. Yeah. Know. I'm going to cut, but it's some other loser's glove. It's not your glove. So I don't know. It's it's a bit of a conundrum. Yeah. Andrew. Let's go. Let's go. Better golf movie, Tin Cup or Happy Gilmore? Ah, I got to go with Happy Gilmore. It's just, I've seen it like just based on pure volume. I've seen it probably 4,500 more times than Tin Cup, even though like Tin Cup, I, I, I come across in pieces on on yeah. reruns but it's from definitely on start tv to finish, start to finish i've watched happy gilmore how long do you think you could quote that movie into the movie like how long into the movie could you actually <laughs> recite it line for line because I, I off the top of my head i probably couldn't do it but once the song tuesday's gone starts playing i could probably get pretty far i think i could too and this is totally separate but one time we were on a baseball trip we took a bus from like North Carolina all the way to Florida and me and a buddy on the team, I don't know, we were loopy late at night or something. And we started quoting Billy Madison word for word from the beginning. And we were like, 
No lie, 30 minutes in, and our coach just lost. He was like, shut the hell up. <laughs> Man, sticking like 25, 25, 20-year-olds on a bus for 10 hours is like, yeah. no, I mean, there's some interesting things that happen. It's, it's <laughs> And I, oh, man. Uh, back in the day, I can't even imagine taking bus trips now. I mean, you can watch things straight to your phone. I used to walk on. So I played in the Pioneer League, which was out in Idaho. And we would, well, my team was in Idaho, but it was like Idaho, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah. We would take like 18 hour bus rides, literally wake up, put our cleats on and go play a baseball game. There was nothing to do. I would we I would like walk on with like a giant CD book full of DVDs. Like we, it's like how many? I mean, you, DVD. You know, like like all right. Well, what do you guys want to watch now? We've seen all of them because in eighteen hours you can bang out you know five movies. Let's watch Hellboy again. Yeah. Like how many times can you watch? Uh, you know, Bull Durham. Yeah, he always made us watch Band of Brothers. Jeez, coach, you get it, coach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're going to war. Love you too, Sarge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, how about all right? One more, and we'll get out of here. I'll, I'll I'll give it to Johnny first, and then Joe, you can answer. What's the favorite course you've played to date? And what's one that you, you can't say Augusta, but what's one that you think's attainable that you want to play in the future? Uh, favorite course. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, the most famous course that I've played is, well, shit. It's probably Tory. That's not, I don't know. That's a great one. Or, and then going coast to coast, Kiowa. I played that one. That's pretty phenomenal. I think I'm going Kiowa just because you were like in nature and there's just happens to be a golf course. There's how it feels. Um, Kiowa is my favorite and, an attainable course would be, I mean, I don't want to say pebble because everybody's eventually going to play pebble. If you're a golfer, I would do something like whistling straights. That looks really, really cool. Yeah, that does look cool. Do like a Wisconsin swing and go up there and play those courses. Solid, solid Joe. Uh, Um, I don't get a chance to play too many awesome courses, but I'd say there are two that are top of my list. Um, we played Aviara out towards San Diego, which Ooh. I think they hold that. It's like a PGA or LPGA, like the Mitsubishi Classic or whatever it is. I don't know. It was awesome. I mean, like the landscaping and just the, the layout, everything was just meant. It was awesome. That was a cool one. Um, sea Island in uh, St. Simons is superb. It's an awesome place. And then uh, I did get a chance to play East Lake one time, but I sucked at golf. I felt really bad for the caddy. <laughs> he was like, he kept telling me, he was like, I've never seen anybody, anybody hit a ball there. I mean, I, I hit, uh, you know, you guys know, I hit the ball pretty far. He's like, yeah, you're fine with the driver. And I'd like blow it over or something. He's like, I've never seen that. He's like, well, that one's probably gone. So let's try another one. Here, here's the three. I'm like, thanks, man. So, uh, bucket list, man. Um, I think doing like a, like the old course, like going over, you know, Ooh. or something like that would be really cool. Just, yeah. Yeah. With that, like a group. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, if you look at it, it looks miserable. It's always windy and cold, but 
just to, you know, go do it. That'd be pretty awesome. You have to yeah. do it. So what do you got, Gleason? Um, Pinehurst was probably my favorite that I've played. And we, we played a, you know, they've got nine courses there. And then we, we kind of took like the stair stepper approach. We played like one of the, I think it was three on Thursday. We played two rounds on Friday. And each time we played, we would play a harder course. And then we saved number two for Saturday, which was insane. You couldn't chip around the green. You had to put everything or else it wouldn't stay on the green. But that was awesome. Um, I'd say if there's one place that I'd want to play, man, I really like looking back on, I was, I was in Maui for Thanksgiving and I wish I'd paid the money and just went and played Kapalua out there. It's one of those. I was right on the street. Yeah. Yeah. And and I should have just bit the bullet because it just went after, you know, watching them play it. I was like, damn it, man. I was right there. there, Probably four or 500 bucks. Yeah, it was like four fifty, I think. Yeah, that's steep for a golf round. But how many times are you going to be you know, right right there to go play it? Yeah, you got to do it. There's another one out there, dude, that I discovered via Instagram called Royal Hawaiian Golf Club. Hmm. Dude, it's it looks like playing golf in Jurassic Park. Is it? Oh, is I don't it know what island Maui? it's on or what. I don't know. It might be on that island that they filmed that. Dude, I think there's a course there. Crazy. Crazy. Only seen pictures, but it looks amazing. Are there bugs in Hawaii? Sure. I'm just saying, like, jungle, you think of a lot of fucking bugs. Uh, When we were there, there's nothing, but. But it's Hawaii, so. What's an island? All right, boys. Good stuff, Solid. man. Yeah. More to come. Good. Like Joey B said, we are re-interviewing Crane to get audio that is synced up and yeah. not on a three minute time delay. This one sounded good. I think we're I think we're in, in tune now. So we're episode two, good, man. Maybe easing the tension, baby. Easing the tension. Go, uh, I had to go borrow my wife's purple laptop, so mm. you know. Solid. Yeah. Sweet. All right, more to come. Good stuff. Thanks, guys. All right, fellas. See you, See you guys. Peace. Peace.